And it really has come almost imperative these days for somebody that wants to go, you know, get somewhere in coaching and they need to have a book to qualify them really as, you know, speaker or presenter. But what the book really does is it takes their coachable ideas and, and they own it, break the rules, and at the same time, know who, who the people that really are going to appreciate you breaking the rules. Those people are going to follow you and say, wow, he took this further than so-and-so, or she took this in a dimension I've never seen before. And that's the beauty. Yeah. Welcome to the Coffee with Robert show today. It's been a little while since you've seen my little smile, I know, but um, unfortunately I've taken a little bit of a sabbatical from the show. I uh, had to deal with the passing of my mum at the end of last year and everything. Did a little bit of processing, as you do, but all's well. And uh, I'm really pleased to be back. And we've hit the ground running today with a great guest, a guy called Jared Rosen. Let me give you a little bit about this fellow's back. He's the founder of a company called Dream Sculpt. As an innovator in digital medium publishing, he's published over 50 media enhanced ebooks for many best selling authors and filmmakers and has published dozens of books in print. Now, Jared is the author of three books, including the groundbreaking book, The Flip. And as a thought leader, he's presented in venues ranging sorry, from TEDx Malibu to McKinsey and Company, Sydney, Australia. And in 2000, Jared co-created the Children's Emotional Literacy Project, endorsed by the Mayor Richard Reardon and Norman Lear. Wow, what a bio, Jared. It's a pleasure to have you on board, my friend, today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. I explained before to you, actually, when we briefly chatted, that I've got an awful lot of people on here that I know are coaches and consultants and that sort of ilk, and um, really want to know more about how they can get their book into print, how they can make their mark in the world and, uh, you know, and, and help towards that sweeping tide of change that we're all experiencing at the moment. And I also happen to know, it wasn't in your bio, but you're known as the uh, book whisperer, I do believe. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that was marketing people that they read all these unsolicited testimonials and said, Hey, let's position you that way. And I'm like, well, okay, that sounds good to me. And, and it's really fun because there is a side to me that probably is a little bit more um, intuitive and spiritual. And, and yet I've worked with all kinds of titles and books that ranging from, you know, business and leadership to books that were very overtly spiritual. Uh, and what happens is a lot of times as I'm, it's sort of, it's it kind of reminds me of somebody that, you know, can get in touch with the unborn soul of a child like that, you know, and, and say the name that your child's going to be Michael or something like that. Sometimes the title just comes to me, but more than that is actually, it's not me. It's I'm really listening and paying attention to who, who that person is and, and what, what is really unique about what's their essence mm -hmm. that is, that is really distinct and how, that distinction now can be brought into a form, even if they have a specific topic. In many cases, they come in. I've had clients that had a full-on manuscript, and something's missing. And you know, using the term brand is overused, but that brand identity really is the distinction. Mm 
-hmm. And so that's that's what I love to do. It's like, what what you know, you've heard there's a guy named William Shakespeare, I think he came from somewhere around where you where you are. That rings and, yeah, he said something like, you know, there's nothing new, nothing new under the sun. And it's true. I mean, you know, it's like, has anyone said this before? But it's it's how it's filtered through that individual, not only through the writing style, but the nuances of their own intellect and creativity. And so I'm here to help draw that out and create a structure for it. Yeah, I, know, I absolutely love that. Um, and, and again, sort of going back a little bit to our uh, chat a few days ago. And when we, we touched on that very subject, and, it, and it's true, what I love about the industry we're in is that, you know, we, we can have two, two people could be telling the same story to one person. And depending on their particular delivery, you know, that person will either get it or they won't. They'll get it off one person and they won't get it off the other or vice versa. And that's why there's room for everybody in this industry. And you're dead right. It's not always a unique message. But by heck, it can be a unique delivery and a unique connection. And that's what makes the difference. I guess maybe one of the biggest challenges for you, correct me if I'm wrong, as well as if, if somebody comes to you when they're, they're working, on, working on a manuscript and, and it's a bit precious to them, I guess it's a little difficult for you to approach them with that, that kind of touchy subject of, hey, maybe we need to change the title and, hey, maybe this needs to change and, and that's in the wrong context. And do you find that you, do you come up against people being a little bit overprecious about their stuff? Well, having my books in the past traditionally published where you work with an editor and the editor pretty much, I mean, it's like they own the book, they own the rights to publish it. Hmm. And in many cases, it's not that much of that stereotype of the editor that's kind of, you know, basically running, running the show. But in the case of what I, where I, where, how I work with people really is, it's inside of them. I'm here to help them see what it is. So there's nothing wrong and there's, it's never like the wrong title. They discover it as we go into it. And the title could come out a little bit later. Sometimes what I see, you know, regarding this, to say a title of a book is, they have the content. They, in the case of like somebody that comes with a manuscript, um, they have the raw materials. Uh, but it's, so it's more of, I would say packaging, which sounds very superficial, but it is actually how people discover the book. You know, I use uh, the analogy of uh, a friend of mine, John Gray, who wrote the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And, you know, I can imagine if he didn't have this title and came up with a very generic title, like the distinction between men and women in relationships. I don't think it would have been such a huge hit but I think it's a provocative title that makes you think like that. So a title is really important, but more than a title, the messaging and all of that really comes down to who are you trying to connect with? And I think that's where, so somebody can be a good writer. Now, if it's a fiction work, if it's a novel, it's really a different game. But as you said, you know, previously, a lot of the people that I'm talking to, maybe people in our circles are coaches. And it really has come almost imperative these days for somebody that wants to go, you know, get somewhere in coaching and they need to have a book to qualify them really as, you know, speaker or presenter. But what the book really does is it takes their coachable ideas and, and they own it. And now it's, and so, so, so that, that's why it's so important to make it distinct because in a way everything's made up anyway. 
nothing new under the sun. Everything's made up, you know. Um, so it so it's that distinction. But here's three other things that I look for: is it first is it distinct enough that it's, oh wow, is it thought provoking? Like I said, with Mar men are from Mars, women are from Venus, it, it provokes thought. It makes you think. What the heck is it? And and in many cases that will take somebody a little further to investigate and click on a link or whatever it may be. The second thing is emotionally engaging. So once they get into it and they look at it, is it going to really draw in a place? And that comes from really authentic writing that comes from the true self and everyone has that ability. So even with a nonfiction book, if you're just giving them the facts and the information, well, maybe it's useful for a particular functionality. But in general, people want to actually feel, they want to feel a connection to the author. They want to feel a sense of rapport um, and, and, you know, in some cases, empathy, uh, you know, if, if the author's sharing their own struggles and they see it inside themselves. Um, so emotionally engaging, and that can come out of this, the rawness and not, you know, not being, um, not self-editing and, 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 you know, and really let it come through. The other one last filter that I look through is culturally relevant. Mm -hmm. So is, it, is what you're saying, does that fit into a conversation that's happened? One of the books that we previously, uh, that we just published in, in the last six months, The Indisputable Gift of Men, even the title is, is by a woman who in her past didn't have a very great experience with men. And then when she started dating and saw these gifts from just dating men and, but it's such a culturally relevant topic. And it may be a little provocative, you know, in the Me, the Me Too era that a woman's actually writing a book saying that there's a gift that men are, men are a gift. So we try to find what's going to make you stand out. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's the premise of the, the kind of book branding and that book development. And and there, but the writing is is always going to come from the author. I I I you know that writing is no good or you know it's never that way for me. It's it's all just genuine, usually. I love it. See, what's kind of hit me between the eyes about what you just said? There's kind of a connection there for me between what you're saying when it comes to writing a book and so many other areas of life and people achieving peak performance. That kind of place where you have to write and connect with your own truth and be willing to share your own truth. And that's where that genuine connection with another person happens. And that's where you're able to tell the same story in a unique way, isn't it? As soon as you overthink it and overwrite things because you think that's what the audience expects or whatever, or that's what the editor's gonna to wanna to see, then you lose in the essence of who you really are and, and what makes your, your story special. Would you agree with that? I'm with you 100%. It really, it's like everyone's a great writer because everyone has their own truth. And it's, 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 the, it's the passion that you pour into it. And, and everything through an editor, I mean, if somebody has a really great story, yet it's not embellished, you know, in that process, you come through another rewrite and say, okay, expand, develop, you know, juice it up, you know, put more somatic description in. You know, when I walked in the room, it's like, it, it could be like, I walked in the room and she looked really pretty uh, sitting in a chair. I walked in the room and I can feel the vibrations palpating and the lights were flickering and I didn't know if it was the sun or coming from within her, her, her skin radiating, you know, and I, I was perspiring and, you know, it's like, 
because it's somatic. People reading it like, okay, they'll start perspiring reading it. Yeah. You know, I don't know where that came from. But I mean, it's, it's a way to actually give an experience to the reader, regardless, even if it's a management book. Yeah. Because a lot of leadership books and management books, it is a formula. You're right. They come and say, okay, all right, I'm going to give a case study. You know, that could have been a case study, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think that taking the risk is really important and then structuring and packaging in a way that it's commercially viable. Because if you take the risk and you don't know there's a market for it, um, I have a lot of people that come to me that have memoirs. And the last book that I had published that from not myself, it was, I was uh, published, was a memoir. And the reason I wrote the book was I had to write the book. It, it, it needed to come out of me, but I really didn't see it as a, as a marketable thing. So a lot of times people come to me and it's the memoir it is just so personal and it's, it's, they're doing it for themselves and that's great. But as long as they're coming to me, it's like, well, let's turn it into a product. So it's, that's when I see it's like, okay, so you're telling your story, but what are the lessons? Now it's coachable and teachable and presentable because you're not just saying, talking about your life experience saying, I learned this from this life experience. Boom, boom, boom. Here is how it can help you. I'm working with a woman now who her whole process is through cancer from the biopsy to post-surgery and everything. And, and it's like, so she's telling a story. I'm like, okay, look at this. You're telling a story about how telling your kids you have cancer, you know, or calling your best friend up beforehand to, to deal with it. That's something that you could give to somebody. That's a gift. If you have cancer or something going through a you know really hard time, who's that person? So now it's, it's like who's that person that you can call? Or how do you how do you talk to your kids? You're still telling the story, yeah. But it's that weave, and that's why I think that people that that are coaches that are looking at like the ten keys of 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 success and things like that. There's a lot of redundancy because oh the law of attraction, you know, and and people aren't going to be attracted because they they but if you call it something different and, and you do it, you present it in a way that's really feels really fresh. Yeah. And yeah, you're still teaching the law of attraction, sure. but it's filtered through your own nuanced, you know, essence. I'll tell you what though, it's no, it's, it, in my opinion, it's no accident that the word attraction is actually two thirds made up of the word action. And that's the missing link. Yeah, that's the missing link. Most people think they can sit there, close their eyes and give it some of that and it's all going to show up. And unfortunately, that's not the case. I think, I think what you have to do is the, is the old be, do, have. You have to somehow reprogram yourself and act as if, be that person first, you know, change that belief system. Once that happens as a result of the new belief system, the actions you take are different because your beliefs are different about what you can achieve. And as a result of the different actions, different results show up. And so that's it. And even, even down to the, the mental reprogramming, there's an element of conscious effort that goes into that over maybe 30 to 90 days before anything goes into the subconscious mind as reprogramming. Mm -hmm. Most people won't stick with it that long, and that's the unfortunate um, part of it. There is something I wanted to ask you, going back to writing the book and everything. Now, this has just occurred to me as I'm talking to you. When, when you look at copywriting, sales copywriting, etc., you'll, you'll know all about the Ada formula, the attention, interest, desire, action. It strikes me that that's a very simple formula that could be applied to a kind of how-to book. 
um, you know, a self-help book. So uh, effectively, you're getting, they're grabbing their attention. You're, you're piquing their curiosity and their, their, you know, their interest in the whole thing. You're creating desire for that change, magnifying what's already there, and then compelling them to follow through with some action. Um, do you ever use that when you're writing books, or do you ever advise people to use that formula? With it's, it's, it, it, I think that's really a, that, that's a great um, pro process and structure because it does it, it does you know really help you put the pieces together. But the one thing that I think overlaying that is the and it, and putting a book together is the rawness of personal expression that is going to make it really not just distinct, but um, memorable. Even if you're writing just a very simple copy, sales copy or whatever, or website copy, it's memorable. It's memorable. And, you know, you, my bio is on my website is like all the things I've done. It's, you know, but recently I was on somebody's website and it was a story. Sometimes it's okay. It's too much of a story. Okay, really, that's what do you do? What have you done? But in this case, it was so raw that it qualified that person to because the way in which it was written. So I'd say using a method like that is very grounded. Mm -hmm. And uh, but to overlay that, bring the literary merit. And I think that's one of the things that I think is missing in people that are in the coaching world. Um, Therapists, coaches, consultants, um, people that that a book is an important component to their personal brand. And what I see happening, and I've had calls from people, I, recently somebody called and he said, I just want to do a book that's a lead magnet. And I, I had this like pregnant pause for a moment. And what I wanted to say was, then make a brochure. A book is a literary work. And we're losing that literary tradition because we're using it as a vehicle to get opt-ins. Now, yes, a good book could be that, but, and I've also heard people that, and I know there are courses and, and potentially these are great courses and people have great books, but I kind of question, how do you do a book in a weekend? And, you know, you sign up for, you know, write your book in a weekend. So I think that there's, that there really needs to be the literary component, and and you don't have to be William Shakespeare. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to be grammatically correct because editors will clean that up. Good. I have that some miraculous books that are just so fantastic, and I don't even care if it, punctuation and just hand it to a good editor. They'll clean it up, and they don't have to change anything because it's it's written from it's like you said that genuine place. Yeah. And I think that's what we're looking for because, I mean, we were talking recently about, about music, knowing that you, you know, you come, you, you are a, a bit of a rock star in your days. We see that you got the albums behind you there, and, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of music. We're talking about, I love all the great, you know, British Invasion, all the great music that came out, the art, art, art uh, you know, bands and all that, and Roxy Music and all that kind of wonderful stuff that came out of, yeah. out of, um, uh, the UK. And um, what is it about that music that I still listen to that and it's really hard for me to listen to the stuff that's just 
it's so perfect. It's so like they, they, they have the technology to make the voice so perfect and everything is so perfect. Yeah. But it's a formula. You know, and 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 it's like, where's the artistry? And so, I think that's the same thing I'm talking about in books relative to nonfiction, how-to type of books. They're formulas. Yeah. And um, and I think that's that's what's missing sometimes is, you know, get into the rawness. I've worked with a, a client once, and you know, I had to read through it. She was reading through it, and I would every moment I would say, stop. And it was a pretty deep book. There was more depth to it. And I just came out and I said, take the escalator down to the basement. <laughs> you know, what's down there? Or go down the stairs and, you know, go check down what's down there. And it's like, wow, open up the door. There's stuff that's been suppressed, repressed inside. When that comes out in the writing process, like writing it out, that may not all be in the book, but, or they may not even be on, like I was saying, a bio that's going to be really edgy and really, or sales copy but you're carrying that essence, that unique essence into it and presenting it to the world. And you're not just saying, oh, well, everyone, sh it should be just this formula or it should just be like this because this is what everyone else is doing. And, and, and that's why there's a lot of books that just don't go anywhere besides the fact of how hard it is to market and all that. But generally it doesn't have, it's, it just doesn't have that distinction and not just the title, but in the entire essence. It's not, the book is not imbued with these, these these virtuous qualities that that really should be um, what the writing process is about. Yeah, it, it, it it's weird as well, and I I agree totally. And we're going back to your Roxy Musics and your people like this, and just to make an example of that, I think I can, I can nail what the difference is and why we still listen to Pink Floyd, Roxy Music, Led Zeppelin, people like that. I mean, I love Led Zeppelin. It's one of my all time. Oh yeah. Things. Well. Course, yeah. The reason is because they weren't actually creating music that they thought that the A&R guys wanted. Mm -hmm. They weren't copying anybody else. They were setting a trend yeah. and doing their own thing, telling their own story through their music. And so it's lasting. But then as the music industry has moved on, what's basically happened, certainly when I was in the music industry as it moved forward, A&R guys wouldn't give the guys like that deals anymore i was talking to my son-in-law just a couple of days ago about it we were listening to some old black sabbath stuff with ozzy and, and uh and ronnie dio and all that stuff and um i said you know what especially the early sabbath with 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 ozzy those guys wouldn't get a deal now pink floyd would not get a deal now why because they don't sound enough like anybody else who's having a hit whereas in the old days they would get time to kind of, you know, completely express themselves and grow into their potential. Um, and they were allowed to tell their story. And so I, I, I resonate with what you're saying Absolutely. through that kind of medium. Yeah, no, I, th I think we're seeing the same thing. We can look at the disruption yeah. in all of the arts, mm. but through technology, the ease of creating. I mean, you buy a, a, a MacBook and it has GarageBand, you, you know, what was, are they, what, I think Sergeant Peppers was the first time he did it on four tracks. Yes. And he could do, you know, 36, 48 tracks, whatever you want to do oh, for, the, yeah. for the price of a $1,300 computer. Yeah. Um, but the question is, what are you doing there? And I think that's, and there is a lot of phenomenal music and a lot of phenomenal books, but it's like, what gets noticed? So there's two things. One is the rawness of the art, the true self-expression that mm -hmm. comes through. And the other is how to package it. And the key also is the positioning strategy. And when I work with authors, that's part of what I'm doing as well is 
And the position strategy really has a lot to do with, I don't even call it like your target market. It's like, because it, you're still distant. It's like you're targeting somebody like, okay, it's like, you know, you're going to do a drive-by, you know. Yeah. Rather, I call it the soul tribe. Yeah. Who are your people? That's, they've heard it before, but when they hear it from you, you know, maybe even the law of attraction, it's like, oh, I finally got an action as an attraction. Yeah. And that's the secret sauce. And, 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 and when you discover that, you know, any, any individual that's branding themselves and what that is in their own sort of lexicon, their own language, whatever, yeah. then they are going to be distinct, but they need to find where those people hang out and build a community around it. Yeah. And by building community, sometimes it doesn't, it's not just marketing. It really is. So that's why a lot of times when I look at working with authors, it's like, where do these people hang out? And one of the exercises I do with people is, is kind of, it's a bit of like what you would call, you know, psychographics, you know, but almost in a meditative way to imagine they're standing on a stage perhaps and to look out and say, they're, they're giving their, their acceptance speech for the best book of the year or whatever, or they're at a, um, they're giving a book signing, whatever it is. Who are the people there? Imagine. Look at the room, divided between male and female. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a 60% female, 40% male. Mm -hmm. um, what's the median age? There's somebody 14, there's somebody 68. You know, who is, okay, so you say, well, it's a 40-year-old woman. Okay, that's, uh, you know, where, did, what is she, where does she shop? You know, really understand who these people are. And mm -hmm. that's where you're going to make the alignment because it, it really does come down to is, is making a true authentic connection. You know, and, you know, going back to, it's so good to go back to the music. I mean, I'm a very big fan of Brian Eno. Uh -huh. I follow Brian Eno forever. I mean, I think he's one of the great, as far as producers, some of my favorite music, whether it's U2 or Talking Heads, or mm -hmm. Devo, I mean, going back to those days, and Coldplay, and currently, you know, Brian Eno produced the music. What was it about his, what did he do? He created all the space. You know, you listen to, you know, some of these albums that he produced, and there's, there's all this space. and and, and, and he created that. But if you go back to who he was in Roxy Music, he was the guy with pink hair, stringy hair, playing noise, taking John Cage's whole concept of noise as music in the middle of a song, you know, there's all this like electronic noise. So what I, why I think he is such a classicist is he never looked at the rules. And yet now there's genres of music like ambient music that he, and I think that's what I inspire in people is break the rules and at the same time, know who, who the people that really are going to appreciate you breaking the rules. Those people are going to follow you and say, wow, he took this further than so-and-so or she took this in a dimension I've never seen before. And that's the beauty. Yeah. And that's what I, I'm here to inspire. And really the book whisperer in me, it's not the one to say, this book sucks. You know, it's not the one that says, Get rid of that chapter. It's the one that says, you're magnificent. Yeah. Bring it out. I'll help you structure it. We'll publish it. But bring it out and bring it out and don't try to do it in a weekend. <laughs> you know, take your time. And even with marketing books these days, this is really very different in the disruption because less than 40% of books, new books are sold in bookstores anyway. So the most books are sold obviously through social media, digital platforms and such. The thing is you have all the time in the world. You don't have to do with the traditional publishing. 
okay, it's in prepub, it's gonna be in the bookstores, and if I don't move it in three months, they're, they're gonna be returned. You have all the time, every day, do something. And in two years, you can have a New York Times bestseller. It could actually happen. And, and, and the thing is because you're infusing your own positivity, love, and action, mm -hmm. like you're saying, you know, and that is the attractor is because you keep pouring it into it and pouring into it. And those people will finally, it's, you know, sometimes you can, you can pay for ads on social media and get no click throughs and no results. And people are like, I had no, um, you know, no click throughs or, or no conversions or any of those things. But what they don't understand is people are being exposed and that's something of impression. They start seeing it and seeing it. If it's genuine, they see it. Those people are there. There's, there's someone, you know, if there's only 10,000 people that will buy your book, well, that's the bestseller, you know, truly. I mean, because then from 10,000, you can get foreign rights, you know, at least working with us, there's a lot more opportunity. But most people, honestly, when they self-publish the book, they don't even hit a, a, a 500 is a success. It's usually 100 to 200 books. Mm -hmm. and, they, and many times they've spent ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, you know, by the time they're done with it. Oh, so it really comes down to, like you're saying, I love you saying, you know, the attraction is the action, and but it's the action comes from a genuine passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's weird. I'm listening to you talk actually with a big smile on my face because it's it's no accident that you and I have connected because there's synergy everywhere I'm, I'm kind of looking at the moment. And uh, I, I hear so much about the way you approach what you do. And I see the connection in the way I approach what I do. And some of the things you're saying, like you're, you're really, really um, using the art of visualization very, very strongly with people. And visualization is the absolute number one way, way to attach emotion to any desire, any outcome that you want to show up for yourself and to actually push you through to a point where you actually, actually do something about it. I love all of that stuff. In fact, you've got me so juiced up here, Jared. I think I'm gonna finish this call soon with you because I'm aware of the time. I'm gonna go off and try and get my book finished, which I was talking to you about, but anyway. Um, that's another thing. That would, that would be great. I would, if you need to go run now, it's, it's, it's gotta come out of you. <laughs> that's so it. While we're talking, this drive. Yes, I, that, is, that is my passion. Yeah. is to ignite other people's passion because if we can do that we're going to make this world an extraordinary place and repressing or suppressing or or self-judgment or i'm not good enough yeah. and honestly everyone that i've worked with lots of people countless people with helping them develop the book either developing it developing and publishing it or whatever yeah. i may have done to to be there for them and what i see two things show up one is the passion, I have to do this, I have to get this out. And the other is the self-judgment. And a lot of times it is, there's nothing new under the sun. It's like, you know what, why, why, why would anyone wanna, there's, there's already a thousand books in the title. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're, you're putting it out there because it's, it's your passion. You know, yeah. and, 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 but just, you know, when you get it out there, make sure that also it's, you know, have, two feet in the world and just don't put it out there thinking that you're going to, I had somebody recently was like, I want to get on Oprah this was before she had own. She goes, I know I have to be on Oprah. And I was like, I think she's off the hair. I was like, maybe you should have another intention of writing the book than just being on Oprah. 
but you know, people, that's the process that happens for a lot of people when they, yeah. you know, you go through that stuff and you realize, you know, and I think going back to Led Zeppelin, I don't think they really gave a hoot about uh, being famous and being the best rock band. I think they had so much passion that when you heard Jimmy Page's guitar and Robert Plant, you know, screaming, you know, into his microphone, you know, with his hair and dripping sweat with no shirt on, you know, well, women would certainly find the passion sexually or man, you know, whoever is attracted to it physically, but it was the energy that, was, you know, usually we didn't watch videos back then. We listened to the album and you imagined and you visualized yourself. You know, I would listen to Hendrix. I'd be in the mirror with, you know, with my air guitar and, you yeah. know, uh, because so inspire passion and you're going to do it because you have awesome energy. And I really look forward to seeing your book come out. Oh, and, thank uh, you. it's a great, great to, to be, um, to be having this coffee with you. I, I Still waiting for my coffee. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, I, I love it. over the pond. <laughs> I don't know if it will still be hot by the time it gets to California, but hey. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed our time today. Absolutely. I love as well for me that I, one of the main messages as well is celebrate you, your uniqueness. Stop because a lot of this comparison stuff, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. But in actual fact, all you really have to concern yourself with is being the best version of you you can be and speak speak your truth speak in your voice keep it that way and like led zeppelin did and, and bands of that that's exactly what they were doing that's why the music is still a strong now and the kids today love it and if you want your book to be successful like that stick around and impact lives for generations maybe you should apply the same logic to it so um I couldn't possibly go without asking you to share some details for the folks that are watching this video, Jared. Sure. So if they want to talk to you or get some more information yeah. for their next blockbuster, what do they do? Absolutely. Well, um, there's two things. One is go on to dreamsculpt.com and it's the word dream, D-R-E-A-M, and the word sculpt, S-C-U-L-P-T, one word, dream, sculpt, sculpting your dream dreamsculpt.com and you can investigate. We have lots of video. We produce videos for the books that we develop. Um, there's a lot of things to play around and, and, and check. And if you want to get directly in touch with me, I just keep the old, my old Mac email, jaredrosen at mac.com, J-A-R-E-D-R-O-S-E-N, one word, jaredrosen at mac, M-A-C.com. I'd be happy to say hi and, and uh, see how I can help help inspire your your Led Zeppelin <laughs> your houses of the holy <laughs> yeah thank you, Jared. thank you so much my friend we'll put uh, the links up on the video anyway you. for folks thanks ever so much I've really had a great time talking to you really as well it. time's flown by actually so you can tell I've been having fun and uh, I hope that we can maybe check in in six months or so and, uh, and see how many people have come to you and started writing the next big bestseller Absolutely. And if not, we'll talk about um, Pink Floyd. <laughs> oh, definitely. We'll definitely find something to talk about of that, I'm sure, my friend. All right. But it's been a yeah. pleasure. Take care. Speak soon. Thanks again. Absolutely. Bye now.